From the forbidden quadrant of the Great Library of Alexandria comes this week's episode of the KWUR Theater of the Air. Broadcast live on KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. I'm one of your two hosts, David Redstrom. And my name is, of course, David Burnell Brotman. I sound a lot louder than you. You do. Can you turn me up a little bit? Yes. There we go. Is that, that better? I think that's okay. better. Anyway, where was I? Secret. 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 Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. The secret, the secret quadrant of the ancient library at Alexandria comes the KWR Theater of the Air. Hi, I'm David Reinstrom. He already said. Anyway. This week's theme is Secrets of the Ancients. Featuring, oh thank goodness, featuring um, an H.P. Lovecraft story. We're going to start off with that. Heck yes. I, I was afraid you were going to keep on interrupting me with the woo, but you didn't, so I'm glad. Uh, so we're going to do, we're going to start off with, ooh, a theremin. I like that. Do you know that theremin is named for its inventor? It's an eponym? Yes. Uh, I, Leon I did know theremin. that, actually. He was uh, Russian, I believe. Yes. Uh, Russian who invented the theremin in the 30s, I want to say. Maybe. Maybe possibly it's the we, first. We should look this up. It's the, it's the first electric instrument. It's uh, you actually play a theremin. What it is is it's a box, and there is a there are two uh, kind of loop shaped antennae, one sticking out the top of it and one sticking out the side, and you change the pitch by moving uh, the 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 pitch and the length of the note by moving your hands closer to and further from. The these two antennae. Yeah, I don't care. You know what I want? A, a talk box. Will you give me a talk box for my ukulele? I saw Stevie Wonder do that with a keyboard. It was really cool. That sounds ridiculous. It was awesome. So, so Jinx, you owe me a soda. Punch. Damn it. Do, do you punch people for jinxing? I've never punched you for jinxing. Uh, I have I, punched people. Yeah, but for jinxing. Oh, for jinxing? No. No. Yes, actually. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've never held you to getting me a soda. Pop. A pop. Yeah, you called it a soda. I did call it a soda. I'm so proud of oh, you. You're rubbing off on me. East Coast, represent. Middle so, West. we've got some H.P. Lovecraft in the for same. you. Yes. Yes, this HP is this Lovecraft. is our ancient mystery show. We have something for you today. Uh, we're going to be playing it over the next couple of weeks called The Shadow Over Innsmouth. My mother found it. And your sent mother it to sent me. it to you for your birthday. She sent it, it was to me Dave's for birthday. My birthday. It was Dave's birthday recently. It well, not that like half a month ago. Whatever. Um yeah, it's it's this creepy story and I don't think it it needs too much explanation cuz we're going to play it from the you. beginning. I didn't get you anything. And I forgot that the, your the, birthday the, was a couple The weeks time ago. for singing happy birthday to me on the air is way past, David Reinstrom. I'm sorry, David. Brindle. Way past. I'm sorry. So we're going to play for you The Shadow Over Innsmouth. Uh, it, it has horrible Lovecraftian horror. Yeah. And by horrible, I mean awesome. So I, think I mean, in, in the Lovecraft universe, those things are kind of the same. Yeah. So I think we should get right to it. Do Without it. further ado, The Shadow Over Innsmouth. For once, I would love to do something with some further ado. Yeah. Well, we tend to do lots of further ado. Yeah. Hello, 
of intrigue, adventure, and the mysterious occult that will stir your imagination and make your very blood run cold. Dark Adventure Radio Theater with your host, Chester Langfield. Today's episode, H.P. Lovecraft's The Shadow Over Innsmouth. A young man's journey takes him to a dilapidated seafront town rife with deformed characters and ungodly secrets. Can he escape the terrifying town with his life? Or will the sinister residents of Innsmouth and their hellish allies drag him down to a horrid fate beneath the waves? But first, a word from our sponsor. You know, folks, whenever I feel glum or weary after a long day in the studio, I get my energy back by lighting up a fleur-de-lis cigarette. The road to pleasure is thronged with smokers who have discovered the superior fragrance and mellow mildness of fleur-de-lis. You'll enjoy their pleasing, energizing effect, and they never get on your nerves. Fleur-de-lis. Smoke as many as you want. And now, Dark Adventure Radio Theater presents H.P. Lovecraft's The Shadow Over Innsmouth. Folks who listened to the radios a few years back might remember news stories about a town in Massachusetts. Worldwide Wireless News, February 24th, 1928. Federal agents raid waterfront town in the government's ongoing war against illegal liquor. I'm Nathan Reed for Worldwide Wireless News. A secret investigation of conditions in the Massachusetts seaport town of Innsmouth culminated today in a massive Treasury Department raid. G-men stormed crumbling and supposedly empty houses along the waterfront, arresting dozens of people on suspicion of liquor trafficking. Wharves and warehouses used for illegal activity were set ablaze and dynamited by police demolition experts. Federal agent Jack McGraw oversaw the vast series of raids. The Bureau has been investigating Innsmouth for months based on information provided by concerned citizens. The government acted to protect the public safety and health. Agent McGraw declined to provide further details into the ongoing investigation, but residents of neighboring towns say that Innsmouth has long been a dangerous place. An outbreak of plague and resulting riots shook the town in 1846, and it's had a shadowy reputation ever since. The story quickly faded from the headlines. There were some rumors about disease and concentration camps, talk of military prisons and naval submarines off the coast. But there were never any formal charges or public trials, and no one ever saw the captives again. People forgot about Innsmouth. Except, of course, for one young man. Robert Olmsted. Remember me? Federal Agent McGraw. Yeah, of course I remember you, Agent McGraw. What's the Bureau of Investigation want with me? That Innsmouth business was a long time ago. Oh, just following up on a few things. Mind if I come in? <sighs> Look, I, I gave you my report right after it happened. You questioned me again last year at college. If you don't mind my saying so, Olmstead, you, you don't look so good. I say you've aged 20 years. Are you sick? Well, I've been through a lot. Sure, sure. You've had a rough time of it. I haven't been quite myself. Really? Why don't you tell me about it? You were the one who told me to keep my mouth shut about it. You can tell me. Uh, it's odd. Lately, I have had a craving to talk about it. 
<laughs> Telling it might help me to restore confidence in my own faculties, to reassure myself that I was not the first to succumb to a contagious nightmare hallucination. Yeah, it helps me too in making up my mind regarding a certain terrible step which lies ahead of me. I still remember it all so clearly. How much is a ticket to Arkham? Return fare? No, just one way. One dollar fifteen. One fifteen? Too much. I'm afraid so. On holiday? A sightseeing tour. Making some antiquarian and genealogical inquiries, too, but on a student's budget. You could take the old bus, I suppose, but ain't thought of much hereabouts. Looks like a terrible rattletrap. I've never been on it. Besides, it goes through Innsmouth, and people don't like it. Run by an Innsmouth fellow, Joe Sargent. I suppose it's cheap enough, but I've never seen more than two or three people on it. Leaves the square in front of Hammond's drugstore at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. Innsmouth? <laughs> I never heard of it. Maybe I'll stop off there, have a look around. What's it like? Innsmouth? Oh. Well, it's a queer kind of town. Used to be almost a city. Quite a port before the War of 1812. The rail line used to go there, but hasn't been a train on it in 50 years. More empty houses than there are people, I guess. No business to speak of, except fishing and lobstering. Everybody trades mostly either here in Arkham or Ipswich. Once they had quite a few mills, but there's nothing left now except for one gold refinery running on the leanest kind of part-time. Refinery used to be a big thing, and old man Marsh who owns it must be richer than Croesus. Queer old duck, though. He's supposed to have developed some skin disease or deformity late in life that makes him keep out of sight. Folks hereabout try to cover up any Innsmouth blood they have in them. <laughs> Why is everybody so down on Innsmouth? They've been telling things about Innsmouth for the last hundred years, and I gather they're more scared than anything else. Some of the stories that make you laugh about old Captain Marsh driving bargains with the devil and bringing imps out of hell or some kind of devil worship and sacrifices near the wharfs, but I come from Vermont, and that kind of story don't go down with me. Of course. You ought to hear what some of the old-timers tell about the Black Reef off the coast. Devil Reef, they call it. The story is there's a whole legion of devils sometimes seen on that reef, sprawled about or darting in and out of some kind of caves near the top. It's a rugged, uneven thing, a good bit over a mile out. Towards the end of shipping days, sailors used to make big detours just to avoid it. Well, that is, sailors that didn't hail from Innsmouth. One of the things they had against old Captain Marsh was that he was supposed to land on it sometimes at night when the tide was right. Maybe he did, for I dare say the rock formation's interesting, and it's possible he was looking for pirate loot and maybe finding it, but there was talk of his dealing with demons there. The fact is, it was really the captain that gave the bad reputation to the reef. Is it old superstitions and stories that turn people against it? No. The real thing that's behind the way folks feel is simple race prejudice, and I don't say I'm blaming those that hold it. I hate Innsmouth folk myself, and I wouldn't care to go to that town. Strong words. It's a strange streak in the Innsmouth folk today. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it sort of makes your skin crawl. It, you'll notice a little in, in Sergeant if you take his bus. Some of them have queer, narrow heads with flat noses and bulgy, starey eyes that never seem to shut, and their, their skin ain't quite right. Rough and scabby, and the sides of the neck are all shriveled and creased up. Get bald, too, very young. The whole town's ugly? Mm, there's more <laughs> to it than that. Nobody around here, or in Arkham or Ipswich, will have anything to do with them. Is there a place to stay there? Mm. Gilman House, but I wouldn't advise you to try it. Bet better to stay over here and take the ten o'clock bus tomorrow morning, then you can get an evening bus from there to, for Arkham at eight o'clock. What's wrong with the hotel? Factory inspector stopped at the Gilman house a couple of years ago and had a lot of unpleasant hints about the place. Seems to get a queer crowd there, for this fella heard voices in the other rooms, though most of them was empty, and well, that gave him the shivers. Really? Yeah. Well, that sounds unbelievable. 
I think I should go down there and take a look around. <laughs> mm, Pry and strangers ain't welcome around Innsmouth. That's why I wouldn't go at night if I was you. Well, I suppose I could wait and catch the morning bus. I guess a daytime trip couldn't hurt you. If you're just sightseeing and looking for old-time stuff, Minsmouth ought to be quite a place for you. Well, sounds like my kind of town. Uh, any place else I can learn about it? Mm, nobody around here would have much to say on Innsmouth. suppose you could check the library, but, but heed my warning, son. Don't go to Innsmouth at night. May I help you? I'm looking for information about a nearby town, Innsmouth. Innsmouth? What for? Oh, I'm traveling through the area, and the station agent told me about it. It sounds like an interesting place. <sighs> oh, that Edgar. Interesting isn't the word for Innsmouth. You curious about their fishery, refinery, the plague of 46, the jewelry? Jewelry? Well, no, he told me they refined gold, but didn't mention anything about jewelry. Oh, yes. They make things in Innsmouth terrible, beautiful things. <laughs> I don't understand. Hold on a moment. Central. Maureen, would you patch me through to Miss Anna? Hello? Miss Anna, it's Annabelle. I have a young man here who might want to see the Innsmouth pieces. May I send him over? Innsmouth? How odd. May I send him over? He's not one of them. Now, would I have called you if he was an Innsmouth man? If he leaves now, you can send him over. I'll unlock the front. Our Newburyport Historical Society has some of the Innsmouth items... Miss Anna Tilton is the curator. She'll show them to you. You just have to make a right turn in front of the library and another right on Howard Street. It's at 112 Howard. Well, thank you so very much. Hello? So, you're the one interested in Innsmouth? Yeah, I'm Robert Olmsted. The librarian said I should come see you. Step into the light. Let me look at you. Is something wrong? Where are you from, Mr. Olmsted? Ohio. I'm a student there. What do you study? History. I see. And your people? <laughs> what kind of historical society is this? <laughs> your people, young man? Uh, my father's family came to Ohio from Connecticut. My mother's from Arkham. Hmm. Follow me. So, you've never seen pieces from Innsmouth? They have one in Arkham at Miskatonic University. Ma'am, I've never heard of Innsmouth before today. This cupboard in the corner. Here, I'll switch on the light. You had to see it, Agent McGraw. It was an alien, opulent fantasy that rested there on a purple velvet cushion. It was a sort of tiara, tall in front and with a very large and curiously irregular periphery as if designed for a head of almost freakishly elliptical outline. The material seemed to be predominantly gold, though a weird lighter lustrousness hinted at some strange alloy. Its condition was almost perfect, and one could have spent hours in studying the striking geometrical and marine design molded in high relief on its surface with a craftsmanship of incredible skill and grace. Arresting, isn't it? I've never seen anything like it. The longer I looked, the more the thing fascinated me. At first I decided that it was the queer, otherworldly quality of the art which made me uneasy. This tiara clearly belonged to some subtle technique of infinite maturity and perfection, yet that technique was utterly remote from any which I had ever heard of or seen exemplified. It was as if the workmanship were that of another planet. But the longer I stared at it, the more uncomfortable I became. 
It was as if the strange pictorial and mathematical designs touched off some primal pseudo-memory. <sighs> Among the reliefs were fabulous creatures of abhorrent grotesqueness and malignity. Those creatures... Some kind of ichthyic monstrosities. The Trachean, if you ask me, it's a positively blasphemous design. Oh, the fish frogs, they're... <laughs> I, I've never seen anything that smacked of such <laughs> unknown and inhuman evil. It tends to elicit strong reactions from people. Where did it come from? A drunken Innsmouth man pondered at the old shop on State Street for a pittance. And shortly afterward, he was killed in a brawl. This would have been around 1873. The society acquired it directly from the pawnbroker at once, giving it a display worthy of its quality. The society labeled it as of probable Indo-Chinese provenance, though I have my doubts. Where do you think it came from? Educated folks around here believe it's part of some exotic pirate horde discovered by old Captain Obed Marsh. Oh, the Innsmouth Sea Captain? <laughs> the very one. Once they learned we had it, some members of the Marsh family made some sizable offers for it, but we've held on to it. It's impossibly unique. Oh, dear. It's time I locked up. Have you ever been there, Innsmouth? Oh, good heavens, no. Well, <laughs> everyone here feels so strongly about the place. I I've even heard people talk about devil worship. <laughs> well, there's plenty of good cause. Those rumors are partly justified. A peculiar secret cult there has all but engulfed to the Orthodox churches. There's a secret cult? The Esoteric Order of Dagon. It's a quasi-pagan thing imported from the Easter century ago, back when the Innsmouth fisheries seemed to be going barren. It's persisted among the simpletons because of the sudden and permanent return of abundant fish. It's a very religious community. Well, I'm going there. On the bus tomorrow morning. You know, have a, have a look around. Young man... You've just come from seeing the best Innsmouth has to offer. The rest is decay, squalor, and desolation. Shortly before ten the next morning, I stood with one small valise in front of Hammond's drugstore, waiting for the Innsmouth bus. In a few moments, a small motor coach of extreme decrepitude rattled down State Street. I bet you wish you'd never gotten on that bus. You have no idea. Excuse me, is this the... Out of the way. I beg your pardon. Uh, is this the bus for Innsmouth? Better talk. Right, but, but you stop in Innsmouth on the way, don't you? Why? You ain't from Innsmouth. No, I'm just visiting. Sixty cents. The driver was a thin, stoop-shouldered man. Not much under six feet tall, dressed in shabby blue clothes and wearing a frayed golf cap. His age was perhaps 35. But the odd deep creases in the sides of his neck made him seem older. He had a narrow head, bulging, watery blue eyes that seemed never to blink, a flat nose, a receding forehead and chin, and singularly undeveloped ears. His long, thick lip and coarse-poured grayish cheeks seemed almost beardless, and in places the surface seemed queerly irregular, as if peeling from some cutaneous disease. As I extended a dollar bill to him, I noticed his hands were large and heavily veined, and he had a very unusual grayish-blue tinge. The fingers were strikingly short in proportion to the rest of the structure and seemed to have a tendency to curl closely into the huge palm. Your change. Take a seat. 
As I turned toward the back of the bus, I nearly tripped on the driver's feet and noticed that they were inordinately immense. I wondered how we could buy any shoes to fit them. He was greasy and gave off the smell of old fish docks. Just what foreign blood was in him, I could not even guess. The day was warm and sunny, but the landscape of sand, sedgegrass, and stunted shrubbery became increasingly desolate as we proceeded. We presently drew very near the beach as our narrow road veered off from the main highway. At last, we saw the vast expanse of the open Atlantic on our left. The smell of the sea took on ominous implications, and the silent driver's bent, rigid back and narrow head became more and more hateful. Well, then we reached the crest of a long hill and beheld the outspread valley beyond where the Minuxet joins the sea just north of the long line of cliffs that culminate in Kingsport Head. That instant, I came face to face with rumor-shadowed Innsmouth. It was a town of wide extent and dense construction. The vast huddle of sagging gambrel roofs and peaked gables conveyed the idea of wormy decay, and as we approached along the now descending road, I could see that many roofs had wholly caved in. Stretching inland from among them, I saw the rusted, grass-grown line of the abandoned railway. The decay was worst close to the waterfront, though in its very midst I could spy the white belfry of a fairly well-preserved brick structure which looked like a small factory. The harbor was enclosed by an ancient stone breakwater. Here and there, the ruins of wharves jutted out from the shore to end in indeterminate rottenness, and far out at sea, I glimpsed a long black line scarcely rising above the water, yet carrying a suggestion of odd, latent malignancy. This must be Devil Reef. As I looked, a subtle, curious sense of beckoning mixed with grim repulsion. The leaning, unpainted houses grew thicker and lined both sides of the road. All were apparently deserted, and there were occasional gaps where tumble-down chimneys and cellar walls told of buildings that had collapsed. Pervading everything was the most nauseous, fishy odor imaginable. Soon, I saw increasing signs of habitation, curtained windows and battered motor cars at the curb. Most of the houses were quite old, and as an amateur antiquarian, I almost lost my feeling of menace and repulsion amidst this rich, unaltered survival from the past. As the bus approached the center of town, I saw a large pillared facade ahead. It used to be the town's Masonic Hall. The structure's paint was now gray and peeling, and bore a black and gold sign so faded that I could only with difficulty make out the words, Esoteric Order of Dagon. <laughs> there was a, a squat stone church on the corner whose basement door was open. I shuddered involuntarily when I spied the first person I'd seen in Innsmouth proper. Uh, there was no real reason to be frightened. It was clearly just the pastor of the church, but he was clad in some peculiar vestments and wore a tall tiara just like the one Miss Tilton had shown me. Doubtless, it was the unusual dress of the Order of Dagon. The bus rolled at last into the large town square and drew up in front of a tall, cupola-crowned building with remnants of yellow paint. A half-a-faced sign proclaimed it to be the Gilman House Hotel. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm planning to continue on to Arkham this evening. Is this where I'll find you? Eight o'clock. Hello? Anyone here? What's that? 
Who's there? Uh, hello. Uh, you're open for business? You looking for a room? Oh, no. Thank you. I'm visiting for the day and need a place to leave my luggage. Can I check it with you until the bus leaves for Arkham this evening? Visiting? Who? With just the town in general. Seeing the sights? Mm. You can leave your bag. That'll be a nickel. Right. Yeah, well, here you go. Uh, uh, listen, can I ask you about the bus driver? What's that? Never mind. I'll be back for the bag this evening. Mm. On one side of the town square was the Minuxet River leading to the ocean. On the other side was a semicircle of slant roof buildings. Lamps were sadly few and small. I was glad that my plans called for departure before dark. There were a few businesses that seemed to be open, and a handful of sullen-looking residents milled about. In one of the least dilapidated buildings near the hotel was a grocery store of the first national chain. Can I help you, sir? Um, why, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, could I have some cheddar, crackers, and two ginger cookies? Oh, and a pack of Florida Sure. Not many places to eat here. You new in town? I just got off the bus. I imagine you won't want to miss the next one out. Yeah, it is a queer old place. Um, <laughs> I, I'd venture to guess you're not from around here. No, sir. <laughs> I'm from Arkham, but I got transferred here by the company. They said they'd fire me if I didn't stay. Tough break. You're telling me. I can't stand it here. The people are strange, and there's that fish smell everywhere you go. Is there a public library or chamber of commerce? I'd like to take a look at some of the older buildings. There's nothing like that here. There's some real old churches off Main Street... Abandoned now, but I'd be careful going anywhere north of there. Careful of what? People here ain't friendly to outsiders. Some strangers have just plain disappeared. Whatever you do, stay away from the Marsh Refinery and the Order of Dagen Hall and any of the other churches north of the river. Why? Innsmouth folk are mighty secretive about what goes on in their services. My pastor in Arkham begged me not to join any church in Innsmouth. Well, no one seems very friendly around here. Uh, I was glad when I spotted you and took you for an outsider. Yeah, the locals are a strange bunch. I don't know what they do besides fishing and drinking. Bootleg whiskey, they drink like fish. It's like they're banded together in some sort of fellowship and understanding. Despising the world as if they had somewhere else to go. Those staring eyes hardly ever blink. Have you ever talked to any of them? Heard the voices? Not really. Oh, it's disgusting. You should hear them chanting in their churches at night. Especially during the main festivals or revivals. Uh, that'll be 58 cents. They just drink and go to church? And swim. All the time they have these swimming races out to Devil Reef. Seems all the young people do it. Well, the old folks cheer them on. <laughs> you know, you never really see old folks in Innsmouth. The older they get, the more they get that. Innsmouth look. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the old ones die off. I don't know. The old clerk at the Gilman house, he's about the only old fellow I've ever seen. But then he don't have that Innsmouth look. Is it some kind of disease that gets worse as they get older? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. They'd never talk to anyone who wasn't from Innsmouth, and they... They'd have it, too. Yeah. yeah. Some of them have it extra bad. So bad, they keep them hidden away. You get down on the waterfront north of the river, there's all kinds of terrible things. But don't go asking about. There's only one of them who'd say a word to an outsider. Who's that? An old fellow who lingers around the old fire station. Zadok Allen. Must be nearly a hundred years old. He doesn't have the Innsmouth look. It lives up at the poorhouse. 
He won't say a word when he's sober, but when he's got drinking him, uh, he can tell stories that turn your hair white. Crazy stories. The natives don't like it when he talks to strangers. What do the people do for money? The water around here is full of fish, but the locals don't seem to care much anymore. The only real business is the refinery. Old man marshes, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I've never seen him, but he's got a fancy car that sometimes goes by with curtains in the windows. The younger marshes run things now. Oh, Lord, his eldest daughter, she looks like a reptile and wears this ancient gold jewelry. Apparently came from the horde of some pirates or, or demons, depending on who you ask. But it's the Marshes, the Waits, the Gilmans, and the Elliots that run the town. They have big houses up on Washington Street. Well, which way's Washington Street? Well, here, I'll draw you a map. It'll help. It's easy to get lost here. A lot of the street signs are down. Uh, be sure to keep an eye out for... Uh, be right with you, sir. Thank you. Don't mention it. Hey. Yes? I haven't seen you around here before. No. No, sir. You're an Innsmouth man. Uh, no, um, Arkham, actually. Mm. With a grocery boy's map to guide me, I decided to thread the principal streets, talk with any non-natives I might encounter, and catch the 8 o'clock coach for Arkham. Thus I began my half-bewildered tour of Innsmouth's narrow, shadow-blighted ways. So you set out alone, on foot? I did. I passed close to the Marsh Refinery, which seemed to be oddly free from the noise of industry. Recrossing the Minuxit on the Main Street Bridge, I struck a region of utter desertion that somehow made me shudder. Collapsing huddles of gambrel roofs formed a jagged, fantastic skyline, above which rose the ghoulish, decapitated steeple of an ancient church. Down unpaved side streets, I saw the black, gaping windows of deserted hovels, many of which leaned at perilous and incredible angles through the sinking part of the foundations. I turned eastward toward the waterfront. The sight of such endless avenues of fishy-eyed vacancy and death, and the thought of such linked infinities of black brooding compartments given over to cobwebs and memories and the conqueror worm, start up vestigial fears and aversions that not even the stoutest philosophy can disperse. Fish Street was as deserted as Maine, though it differed in having many brick and stone warehouses still in excellent shape. I picked my way back over the tottering Water Street Bridge. North of the river, there were traces of squalid life, active fish-packing houses in Water Street, smoking chimneys and patched roofs here and there. Occasional sounds from indeterminate sources and infrequent shambling forms in the dismal streets and unpaved lanes. The people were more hideous and abnormal than those near the center of the town. Undoubtedly, the alien strain in the Innsmouth folk was stronger here than farther inland. I heard faint sounds. They are naturally to have come from the visibly inhabited houses, yet they were often strongest inside the boarded-up facades. I thought about the hidden tunnels suggested by the grocery boy and hastened out of that vile waterfront slum. I worked my way to the decayed patrician neighborhood of Northern Broad, Washington, Lafayette, and Adams Streets. You know, though these stately old avenues were ill-surfaced and unkempt, their elm-shaded dignity had not entirely departed. Fine old mansions lined the streets, most of them decrepit and boarded up, but one or two in each street that showed signs of occupancy. Well, the most sumptuous of these, in Washington Street, with wide terraced parterres, I took to be the home of Old Man Marsh. I crossed again to the south bank of the river, where furtive shambling creatures stared cryptically in my direction. 
Innsmouth was rapidly becoming intolerable, and I turned down Payne Street toward the square in the hope of getting some vehicle to take me to Arkham before the still distant starting time of the bus. It was then that I saw the tumble-down fire station. I noticed the red-faced, bushy-bearded, watery-eyed old man who sat on a bench in front of it, talking with a pair of unkempt-looking firemen. Well, this had to be Zadok Allen, the half-crazed, licorice, nonagenarian, full of hideous and incredible tales of old Innsman. You could have left then. Why didn't you get out of there? Oh, it must have been some imp of the perverse, or some sardonic pull from dark, hidden sources, which made me change my plans as I did. Curiosity flared up beyond sense and caution when I reflected that old Zadok must have seen everything which went on around Innsmouth for nearly a century. I couldn't resist. Maybe I shouldn't admit this to you, McGraw. Bootleg whiskey wasn't cheap, but it wasn't hard to find. I ducked into a dingy variety store and purchased a quart. I brandished the bottle to gain his attention, and within a few minutes he was following me at a distance as I headed towards the deserted waterfront I'd visited previously. This is KWUR, Clayton 90.3 FM, and you're listening to the K-Worth Theater of the Air.
Don't be afraid to take on a tough classes in high school. You need them to succeed in college. To find out what most colleges require, visit knowhowtogo.org. This message brought to you by the American Council on Education, Lumina Foundation for Education, the Ad Council, and KWUR 90.3 FM. All right. Once again, this is the theater of the air. Woo! Woo! This is the secret knowledge episode. Ooh. The mysteries of the hermetic, of the of the heretofore unseen, the spooky stuff that goes bump when things are dark out. I think that's how isn't that how it goes? What? Stuff that stuff that collides with other stuff and makes a noise when when the day has finished. I have no idea what you're talking about. You know that that phrase to talk about things that are spooky that happen in the evening. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, stuff that that collides that with a dull sort of smacking sound in in sort of the later evening. In the hours. later portions of the evening, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like that. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call this the ancient mysteries episode. Okay, and. <laughs> Anyway, that was... Um, so we, we just played uh, for you the first installment of The Shadow Over Innsmouth. Yes. An adaptation of an H.P. Lovecraft story. Tune in next week well, for the thrilling conclusion. Well, Dave... Oh, yeah, we don't have a show next week. We don't have a show next week, which will make no difference to Tune you whatsoever. Tune in next week for nothing. Those, <laughs> those of you that are listening on the podcast feed in the future, there will, there will seem as though there were no temporal jump at all. This is way too complicated. No, it's not. It makes perfect sense. There, it, it won't look like there's a gap, right? It won't show up in the iTunes feed like there's a gap. Say, Dave, did you know that you can subscribe to the K-Worth Theater of the Air podcast? What? I know. It's true. Isn't life rad? How would you do something like that? Um. Well, hold on. Let me call up my hermetic book of, of secret knowledge. There we go. The... The Lesser Key of Solomon. Okay, page 675. Where's that bookmark? Ah, podcasts. Okay, um, so apparently, according to this ancient 14th century French grimmer, that's a book of magic. The, the podcast Omicron. The podcast Omicron. The Necropodicron. Podonomicron. The Podonomicron. No, it's the Lesser Key of Solomon. It says plainly on the title. Oh, of course. Bound in Human Skin. Anyway, where was I? Hold on. i got to flip through a couple more pages. 
Yes, flip, flip, flip. What you have to do... Oh, there it is. There's the page. Stop flipping. It's a very large book. So I need Dave's help to flip it. No, one more page. Thank you. Now, go to the iTunes store. And... Oh, <clears throat> let me let me render it in the proper Middle English. Go ye to the iTunes store. Uh, click a... Yon... Oh, well, I can't... Mm-mm, okay. Um, click a the icon which readeth um, search and and teepeth ye the phrase K-W-U-R Thetra of the Era. Let me just render that in modern English. If you go to the iTunes store and you type in the search box K-Word Theater of the Air, that's theater with an E-R, not an R-E, um, you will find our podcast. And if you click subscribe, you will be transported to a magical and beautiful world of reckless enchantment. Yay! Yay! Anyway, anyway, so you can do that. You can you can subscribe to our podcast. That's oh, my awesome. mother has just sent me a text message. Furthermore, that says things that go bump in the night, which is what I was trying to think of but oh, could not say. That's the fr- that's the one. That's yeah. the phrase. Thanks, Mama. Ah, oh, yeah, that's it. Hmm. So <laughs> we will be playing on the next installment of the K Word Theater of the Air. Whatever that be. When, whensoever that should occur, we will be playing the rest of The Shadow Over Innsmouth for you, so don't miss that. You're going to want to hear it. It's going to be spooky. Jinx. jinx. You owe, uh, double jinx. jinx. Personal jinx. Extra jinx. You owe me a pop. Hey, David, I thought of a, I thought of a good DJ name. Yeah? Okay, from now on, I, don't, call me, don't call me David. My new DJ name is Turntabraham Lincoln. It's pretty sweet. Turn Abraham Lincoln, okay? Remember that. I will remember that. I think we have one more sketch to play. We do. It's an original. It's yes. a K-Ware Improv Theater of the Air original dealing with, as per our theme, ancient secrets and mysteries. It's called the Schnorrer of Giza. And we hope you love it. We hope you love it. Oh, happy Purim. That happened. Yes. That happened on Saturday. Happy Purim. Ha- this, is a, this is also a Purim-themed sketch now. It's official. It's about Passover. Well, press the button. Boof, boof pa- Passover. <laughs> the Valley of Kings, Egypt, 1921. Wiggins? Wiggins, come here. Bring the light. Yes, yes, I'm here, Dr. Motherby. I'm here. Bring the light. I need the light. Got it right here. Wiggins, I believe I've, I've found something absolutely wonderful. It's ancient graffiti, Wiggins. My goodness. What does it say? It's a slave diary, Wiggins. Of a young man building a pyramid. If my knowledge of hieroglyphics is correct, the, the man who wrote this record is Philip Moskowitz mm, Carmen. Uh, day 433. Oi, Gavalt, what a long, long, what a long, 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 long in a day it's been. Ezekiel and I were pulling rocks to the construction site. All right, on two. One, One two, Oi. Two and two and two. Oh, this is, you know, my mother told me she wanted me to go to embalmer school, but I said, no, I didn't want to be an embalmer. You and your embalmer school, let me tell you, my sinuses are flaring up right now from all this sand. Well, you know, there's always going to be sand. Well, you're never not gonna. You've bad. had I mean, sinus I'm problems going since to the moved to the ENT peninsula. Going to the best ENT in Sinai here, and I got to tell you, he's not really doing much for me. My back. 
is more is broken in oh, more places my than the reed that my, my father sinuses. used to beat me to sleep with every night. Oh my god, you always bring that up. Such surus in I my think... family. What are the two of you doing over there? Oh, we were just we pulling, pulling rocks, rocks pulling over here. Silence! Yep. Clearly not very well. I have a new task for you. Two. Well, I mean, a I have a back task. issue. I'm, I was only allowed to do one task. Silence! I, was told... I do not care about your ailments. Ow! I have a new task for you idiots. Oh, my mother told me I was only good at one thing, pulling rocks. I, so I took an aptitude that's all test. I can do. I'm actually better suited for upper He's... management. Enough! You must clean the royal crocodiles. In what se- do you mean, like like the crocodile is and, like and some fancy word for a carriage? Or and something? I don't even know if I'm allowed to do that. Ow! Silence! Ow! You must clean their teeth. We can do that with your teeth. Oh, we can't do that. No, I can't do that. Ow! Also, Ow. Ezekiel and I found ourselves in the crocodile pits, and with great trepidation, we began our task. <laughs> Ezekiel, Ezekiel, take your head out of there, Ezekiel. I was just thinking, Ezekiel, that we could get out of here. Yeah, I know this guy Moses. He's oh, uh, he's pretty high up in the Pharaoh's household. And oh, everything. oh, okay. A politician is gonna get us out of this mess. You well, think? you know, he's not all bad. I mean, he's promising a lot of things. He's gonna split the Red Sea. Okay. He's gonna turn this staff into a snake, okay. and he's gonna he's gonna make it rain locusts. Let and me all stop this you stuff. right there. How is he on Israel? He's foreign. Well, well, all right, Mr. Smart Alec. How, how are we going to get in touch with this Moses fellow instead of playing gator golf here with our faces? I will tell you how. I'll tell you how. Okay, uh, are you all packed? Uh, I, I think so. Uh, um, geez, did you bring your socks? Did you bring your socks? Which socks? The blue ones with the purple stripes. I think so. All right, good. If, if I packed them at the very bottom... Oh, jeez. Well, let me Hold go on. check. I'm okay, gonna go you go check. check. I'm going to check. Oh, here they are. Never mind. Sorry. Here they are. Don't forget the pants. Yes. Don't forget the microwave. I got the microwave. Don't forget the toaster. Uh, Don't forget the Ferrari. Okay. Bring everything. Uh, I'm not sure if the Ferrari was going to fit, so I sold it. Good idea. How much? I got I got these uh, flatbreads. They're very tasty. They're very crunchy here. Hold on. Let me try one. Mmm. You know what? This would taste great with Haroset. My friend Matt sold it to me. It's a pizza that my friend Matt made. He calls it matza. That's good. Yeah, you Tasty. like that? I, I think it's a coup that we got the rights to this thing. Oh, my God, my pocket sundial. Oh, jeez, you're late. You're late. We're late. We're both late. I know. What are we going to do? We got to run. Let's he- run. Here, take my valise. Thank you. Look, the exodus, the cloud of dust, it's moving ahead of us. There it is, there it is. Uh, except I just can't, I think, I feel like, I think I left the garage door open. You always say this. Every time we leave the house, you're like, I left something. Listen, what is, if, what's going to happen? It, if I left it open, a raccoon might get in. You want to go home? You want to go right, home? Let's, let's turn around. Let's, let's see go home. If I think you it's left a good the garage idea. door I open. I think it's a good idea. Fine. It's closed. It's closed. It's closed. Yeah. It's closed. We missed the exodus because of your misgivings. It's not a big deal. About it. we should. Do, we could go right now. We could go. Oh sure, sure. Because they're not going to be looking for us now because there's so many won't. Jews left I in this country. They won't. Okay. Ninety-nine point seven eight percent of their of their workforce is missing. So you're saying that we're the point two two? Because I don't want to be the point two two. Well, you are the point two two. You two slaves, get back to work. 
You are now reassigned to cleaning duty. Polish the Sphinx with your tongue. Oi! Oi! Gewalt. And so I decided to put my non-smilus to stylus and carve this missive of unhappiness into the walls of the tomb I was constructing. What a miserable life I have led. Signed, Philip Moskowitz and Carmel. My God, Wiggins. This will make us insanely rich. We shall go back and we shall be the toast of the London Historical Society. Wiggins? Wiggins? I... I... Oh, my God. A mummy! Ah, I can't see. There's toilet paper all over my eyes. You know how dry I am? I need moisturizer. They don't give you any of the moisturizer when they wrap you up in this toilet paper. I should sue You're listening to KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. This is the K-Worth Theater of the Air. Turn to Abraham Lincoln. Emancipate some beats. Oh, yeah. Is that really what you're going to do? That's not what Abraham Lincoln sounded like. Forsooth. That's also not what Abraham Lincoln sounded like. Four score! Just turn the microphones down. All the old paintings on the tomb, they do the sundowns, don't you know? If they move too quick, they're falling down like a domino. All the buzz are men by them, now they got the money on a bet. Go crocodiles, they tap the deep on your cigarette. Foreign types with a hookah fight, say.
Well, it looks like that time has come again here on the KWUR Theater of the Air. We are approaching the end of our hour. It does indeed. I'm going to use this voice for the rest of the... I've decided on a new nickname for myself. Okay, what's your DJ name now? Sleepy LaBeef. Sleepy LaBeef. <laughs> okay, okay, that true story. That cannot be your DJ name, and here's why. <laughs> Tell them. Tell them the true story. Dave and I were listening to music in K-Wars listening room before the show, um, trying to figure out what to play in between tracks um, uh, for for the show. And, and we were in the part of the listening room has has the folk stacks in it. Uh, it's got folk and bluegrass and classical. Um, and so I was pouring through them, and... Um, while I found some nice Western swing done by the uh, the Hot Club of Cowtown, yeah, they were good. They were good. We'll, we'll, we'll play some of them for you on the show in subsequent weeks. Yeah, uh, I mean, if it's if it come, becomes necessary and it fits with our theme, or otherwise, just for for funsies, as my friend Heather would say. Um, but we found uh, this ridiculous rockabilly album by this guy named Sleepy LaBeef. Sleepy LaBeef. Who's been recording since, what did you say, Dave? 57. 57. I looked him up. I looked him up. He's been recording since 57, and his his name is actually Sleepy LaBeef. I mean, that's not his That's not his given name. Well, okay. His actual name is LaBeef, though. Yes. LaBeef that is, that is, that his, is his actual his... last name. Sleepy is a nickname given to him in, I guess, the 50s or 60s. Still, Sleepy LaBeef. Sleepy LaBeef. Fine. That's not my name, but... But you're gonna be? Are you Think really gonna be turn Abraham Lincoln for the rest of the semester? I will only respond to turn Abraham Lincoln from I, now on. I'm going to call you Dave. I'm only going to call you turn Abraham Lincoln before you play music. Okay. That I'm referring is, to that you. That is in, an acceptable compromise. Okay. I will be whenever I'm. Can we call it the Missouri compromise? On, yes. Okay. Whenever I'm gonna put on because it's we're in Missouri. Yes. Yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Whenever I put on music, you can call me turn Abraham Lincoln. It's like when you trans. It's like when um. I'll come up with a better turn to Abraham Lincoln voice. Well, I, I, I mean, it, it's like uh, when Henry Jones turns into the human cord. Yes. He doesn't respond to Henry Jones. Nope. When Dave puts on the platters, he only responds to turn to Abraham Lincoln. It's true. All right, listener challenge for next time. Um, come up with an come awesome up with an... DJ name for David Reinstrom. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the KWUR Theater of the Air is written, performed, directed, eaten by uh, David Brunel Brutman and David Reinstrom. Uh, the KWUR Theater, of, uh, Improv Theater of the Air this week was uh, as burgeoned for this week to include Joshua Delman, who um, played uh, Philip Moskovitz in common in our sketch this week. True facts. Um, yes. Please go ahead. This week's episode of the KWUR Theater of the Air was shot on location in Atlantis. Our set designers were Elvis and his alternate universe counterpart, Gay Elvis. This episode was sponsored by the Grover Cleveland uh, brand of presidential time machines. Are we done? Yes. Okay. Have a good week. We have nothing more to say. Oh, Dave, you know what's happening, though? What? Spring break? Woo! Woo! What are you going to do for spring break? I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go skinny dipping. Oh, I was just going to go home and visit my family. In naked? No, not naked. May I repeat? May I repeat? Not not naked. Okay, get out of here. I'm going to go clothes skinny dipping. Yes. It's going to be great. It's going to be the best spring break ever. Stop playing with the... Ah!